that go jump for booting his studio. Players are lined up, microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Super Rugby. More games, more finals, more derbies. It's Rugby Supercharge. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Squires. Yes, good morning. I think a few of our players might have been in front of the kicker at that kickoff, but still. <laughs> no penalty. All good. All tickety-boo. We have got such a terrific show for you. Uh, Timmy Hora and Matt Burke, good morning to you boys. Morning, morning Tony. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, look, there's a couple of things I want to get to quick smart. Uh, first of all, Berkey, why aren't you doing this terrific run, the burn? The Balmoral burn? Yeah, that'd upper, be happening about now. It, it is happening now. And, and look, my commitments to uh, to the Ruck are, yeah. you know, preceded that. I did it last year mm-hmm. and um, and dead set nearly fainted uh, 10 metres from the from the finish line. All right, so, so Berkey, expla- ex- explain everyone, what, what is the Balmoral burn? Because we've got listeners all over. We've got Queensland and Yeah, sure. Balmoral burn. Kearns came up with the idea about 10 years ago now. And basically, you run up a Warber Street at Balmoral. So from Balmoral Beach up to Military Road, it's about four hundred. It is four hundred and twenty meters, and it basically you go from elevation of nearly sea level to I reckon about a hundred meters above sea level. Oh, so and it's it, not in your oh. car. It's not in your, not in your Tiranas down there at Mossman spinning <laughs> no, around no, the street. No, no, uh, not the burnout. They, they wouldn't oh, right, know that Tiranas wouldn't be known down at Mossman. No, no, right, okay, <laughs> that's right. No, mate, it's straight up. It's on foot, and it's and it's you run you run about uh, two hundred yards to start with, and you think, yeah, this is pretty easy. And then at the end of it, it goes two hundred, literally, literally straight up, and you're crawling over the finish line. So, oh. but they raise money for the Humpty Dumpty Foundation. It's a great cause. Um, so if you're if you're um, if you're listening to us and you can get down there and have a bit of a, a run around, it's yeah. it's quite good. You may have the headphones on and be running. You might be mid burn as you speak, listening to the ruck. Uh, good luck, well done. Uh, look, the other issue I just need to quickly raise with you, man, because I, uh, look, I'm basically here to learn stuff from you because you've done things that I can only hope to have done, only dreamt of doing. <laughs> There's a couple of sentences. One of them, which is death to any kind of sport, is it? <laughs> I don't care who wins or loses as long as it's a good game. That's rubbish. Rubbish. That's absolutely. Might as well not have a scoreboard. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Yeah, that's right. Okay, now let me take you back from that thought then to this one. Yesterday morning, I was in a coffee shop. There was a little kid, I reckon he would be eight, nine. He was wearing a soccer outfit. Uh, he was having, a, I don't know, one of those kitty chinos, what are they called? Yeah, be a baby chino. <laughs> baby chino. Yeah. And his father was there. And his father, the kid looked a little bit upset to him. And I heard these words from his father. Look, it doesn't matter if you didn't kick a goal, as long as you had fun. Now, just coming back from where we just said talked before, that father was destroying that kid. Is that true? Destroying, destroying. I told my, uh, I told my seven-year-old the other day. I said, "Listen, um, whatever, whatever anyone says, it's about winning. You've got to win." And she went, you can't really? say that. Bertie. You can't say that. I had a smile at the same time. But mate, you don't go out there. To, well, you win. You've got to go to win. Timmy Horan, you've got a fourteen-year-old son. I understand. Oh yeah. It, mm-hmm. um, what do you tell oh, him? Go out and have fun and make sure you enjoy it. You enjoy it much better when you win the game. But certainly, it's, uh, <laughs> it was funny. Like he played, he played rugby yesterday for his school, St Joseph's College here in Brisbane, and uh, you know they, they just lost the game in the end. But all of a sudden, you know they were disappointed after the game. But three hours later, they're at a school dance, and they, they don't they don't worry. I mean, no. kids, the boys, uh, and, and also girls in sport. Yes, it's about competition, but it's also about participation as well. Straight from the footy field to the dance. One <laughs> like, early in Brisbane, don't, yeah, don't, don't you? Yeah. Absolutely, no, real quick. <laughs> We'll give you all the scores from all the school school games in Brisbane next. We're going to talk about what happened to those Waratahs. We've got Adam Fryer as well on the program. It's huge. It is the Ruck. You want rugby? Listen to the Ruck. Want to witness history? 
Use your MasterCard at the Rugby World Cup 2011. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. Welcome back. Uh, okay, scores. Tim Horan, always very, very keen for me to give you the scores because that's what's do. You've woken up. It's a Sunday morning. You're interested to see what's going on in the world of rugby. Okay, let's start uh, at the very beginning. We're going to get this game in a little bit more detail. Uh, the force rolled by the Hurricanes 34-28, but not without a terrific fight. Mm. Uh, we'll talk about that later. This game, what about this? The Lions, last place Lions, playing the Highlanders at home. Highlanders home, and the Lions get up 26-22. And I don't know if you, if you go online, anybody, and have a little look at the uh, people commenting on this story. A lot of them referring to uh, the Highlanders coach saying about the, the, you know, the, the relative strengths of the conferences. and uh, talking Jamie about Joseph. Some yes. school, schoolboy errors, I think, might be uh, <laughs> the description <laughs> for well, the Lions. That's, that's, their, that's, that, that's their only third win for the year, the Lions. Yeah, so. it's huge. 26-22, they got up there. Uh, the Stormers, 16, beat the Brumbies, 3. That, I think, is a record 10th loss for the Brumbies this mm. season. The uh, We're going to get this game almost immediately. The Sharks, 26, over the Waratahs, 21. The Bulls, 32, beat the Cheetahs, 21. Uh, and there's some great games later on today. Uh, not even in rugby, though, Timmy. What did you notice score-wise? Well, well, I think the uh, the big score overnight, Barcelona 3, Man United 1. I'm not sure whether any of our listeners uh, got up early this morning and watched that, but also over in the, uh, for our, um, our English listeners, um, the English Rugby Premiership Final was on uh, yesterday, and Saracens, my old team over there, their first win for many, many years. Saracens won 22 and Leicester 18. So uh, good performance over in the north. Barcelona 3-1. No, Barcelona would absolutely magic. Did you say that correctly? Barcelona. Oh, Barcelona. 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 <laughs> You're very good, aren't you? <laughs> the Tars, 21. Uh, the Sharks, 26. This was, of course, at Kings Park in Durban. Uh, look, they were, they were up. I think it was 21-13 at one mm. stage. The Tars just couldn't hang on. And of course, men think the Sharks now leapfrog them into fifth place on the overall table. What did you make? Of a well, they got off to a good start, the Waratahs. They held the ball from the kickoff. They they basically ran up the field. Uh, they they got the penalty goal, which is I think was paying three dollars ten. I think for a first penalty goal. Um, but then they let a, a try, and Patrick Lambie scored the, under the post by just some pretty ordinary defence. They went into um, they got, oh, should I say they got into a lead. They were in a great position to close the game off, and unfortunately, just a couple of penalty goals let them down. And, and then they you know, then you try too hard to to win the game, and and over there it's tough. They close the game down in the end. Um, the Sharks, Timmy, what, what was your call on that one, mate? Well, I think when you're twenty one thirteen up, uh, especially uh, you get a bit of a surprise when you're away from home and you're leading a side like the Sharks. So that's a big loss for the Waratahs. They uh, had the game there to gra- in mm. their grasp, but then they play, I think, the Bulls next week. Really? So the Bulls, you know, they're coming home with a wet sabers. They won, obviously, 32-21 against the Cheetahs, and they've got a couple of easier games coming home, the Bulls. So they've only got, I think, three rounds to go after Correct. this. So for the Waratahs, that was a crucial to not get those points, given that you know that how tight it is for them to get a spot in the final. And then you look at the, uh, the the ladder: Waratahs, Highlanders, Sharks, and the Bulls coming through. So the Waratahs play the Bulls next week, and then the Highlanders, and then also the Brumbies as well. So they've got a, a, a tougher run home, knowing that you're going to be playing for that final position, that you know that thereabouts of, of five, six position. So um, last night was a big drop. Berkey, what did you make of Beric Barnes? Have to, had, to, had to pull out sort of on the eve of the match um, with what they called not concussion. They called it uh, footballer's headache. Footballer's headache. Yeah, interesting one that, um, Timmy, you got a knock last week when before they left uh, to go to South Africa and uh, everyone knows that he spent some time off on the sideline, had to see the, the, the neurosurgeons and the rest of it to, to get the clearance. Um, they're, they're talking about the, this footballer's migraine and I... I, I thought that to, was the media. 
well, yeah. footballer's headache. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Happens every week in the Waratahs, unfortunately, and also the fans' headache sometimes. Um, <laughs> I thought it was more sort of, you know, in the old days in the 4am when you got home. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> From which bar was it, Henry? Uh, um, so then uh, what, what, what he found that when he, when he was running and doing his training and, and the physical exertion, he was getting... Their headache. So I'm sure it's a, a case of that, that onset of or, or the concussion thereabouts, but not as bad as. But hopefully we'll see him you know, turn out for the Waratahs next week against the Bulls. If anyone didn't see it, uh, get online, get on the iPad. But on um, Four Corners on Monday night was a fantastic mm. show about uh, concussions over in the NFL and the Junior League and, and then back here in Australia and what, what you have to do with it. So um, uh, whether headgears they go or not, they're not sure. But uh, if anyone wants to go online, get on and have a look at Four Corners uh, last Monday night. I don't mean to pump your tyres up, Timmy, but very early in this season, you did mention about Beric Barnes being a bit concerned about his head and the you know, propensity to getting those kind of head injuries. Yeah, well, he's only uh, he averages about sixty three minutes a game, so he's only finished one game for the Waratahs this year. He's he played two games at the start, got uh, a bad head knock, had about three weeks out, came back, had another head head knock. So he's only finished one game. The last three or four years, he hasn't finished many games, Beric. So it's just a little bit concerning. He's got to watch it, which I think he's he's uh, he's taken the right path at the moment. Hammer, you would have done the same. When we're in uh, we're in the UK, they used to do a cog test. You get on the computer and uh, you answer a series of questions. I mean, relatively simple questions. This is yeah. This is well. This is at the start of the season before you've had a head knock. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And then, um, and then once you, if you sustain a, a knock, you then do retake the test. And if you're not sort of, you know, um, plus or minus six or 7% as to close to the original score, yeah. you just don't get a start. So yeah. until you can get back to that, well, I suppose it's negative 6%, I suppose. The only problem was, when it, I did it at the start of the season, I got a bad head knock and did it and got, got a uh, better score. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that was the test case. Exactly. Yeah, go, go straight back on, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Works better when barely conscious. <laughs> you want rugby? Listen to The Rock. Want to witness history? Use your MasterCard at the Rugby World Cup 2011. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. Berkey, there is a TV show I've noticed just started on uh, Foxtel uh, called The Code. Mm. Now, we uh, follow the Waratahs very, very closely. So does this uh, telly show. Have you had a look at it? Yeah, real close, isn't it? Uh, Mm. There's a camera uh, at, at training following the guys around. Basically, they're removed. Mm. Uh, I asked the I asked the guys at one stage. They had how did it feel having the camera, you know, inside the meetings and this that and the other. And they said that after a while, you just sort of forget about it. A bit intrusive to start with, but it gives you an insight as to what the players have to do to get to the weekend. Yeah, we often see, and I try to explain to people, you often see the weekend only. Yeah. Um, and you forget that uh, you know you, you, there's double sessions, maybe triple session. Then you've got physio treatment. You've got um, your extra your extra treatment you've got to do, your video sessions, the rest of it. And that's just giving you a bit of an idea of what the guys get. It's like a full-time job. It's like, not quite, just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full-time job filming it. That was the one, yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Well, look, one man who, of course, was born for television, uh, he, he loves to get his head on, the, his dial on the telly uh, and on the radio, is our mate from the Melbourne Rebels. He joins us right now, Adam Fryer. Good morning. Tony, Timmy, Berkey, morning. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, Berkey was a little bit upset. Berkey, why were you? Uh, was I, just thinking about Adam in that TV show. I, I was uh, upset that you signed for the Rebels. Uh, more so has because, you know, there's, there's guys that are now uh, they're getting their profile higher than you, mate. Um, and I, I just felt sorry for you that you've gone to, to the Rebels and not being on this thing called the Code now. So how do you feel about mate, that? Mate, easy, easy, Berkey. <laughs> mate, uh, I might have to write an article bagging all the Waratahs fans to get a bit more press. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, those. Uh... Uh, I have to admit the. Uh, yeah, sorry, the, I have to admit the code uh, that aired on Fox during the week was a sensational job. I uh, I, I think that the, 
the Waratahs have taken a great initiative. And that thing was uh, introduced about a year ago. Uh, and uh, I think it's a great idea for the Waratahs moving forward to actually create that uh, holy inner sanctum there at, uh, at the Sydney Football Stadium. Yeah, it certainly shows uh, everyone, Adam, doesn't it, what, what the players do, not just... Most people just see them run out through the tunnel and play the game, but what actually goes on behind the scenes, not just in the gym, but actually promotional activities and making sure that stakeholders are supported, but it's more about the player off the field. No, exactly right, Timmy. And also what you do see, with rugby, it isn't free-to-air. We all know that. It's only on Fox Sports. And we get one hour a week on the rugby club to showcase the personalities of the players of our game. Uh, more exercises like this can show you Curtly Beal in a different light. Drew Mitchell, who's also quite witty. Um, there are so many different characters in our game. We only sort of tap into yesteryear, fellas like yourself, Berkey and Timmy, and, and all the greats of, of the 99 and 2000 World Cup era. Uh, we don't really know what the new era is like, and uh, these sorts of shows are going to have a massive trend moving forward. And I know the Rebels are looking to introduce something similar moving forward. I love the fact that uh, you, you complimented these two boys, but you've also <laughs> used the word yesteryear <laughs> with them, which, you know, the, the, Berkey has whisked. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. I've seen Berkey's hair. It's going from a, a jet black to a, a grey fox. <laughs> Hang on, mate. Around, but, uh, just for men are, uh, are looking to endorse Berkey as their new ambassador. Oh, yeah, how's that big uh, piece of Devon yeah. on the top of your scone? <laughs> <laughs> They've got some Andrew great meats down in Melbourne, mate, haven't they? Weekend, they? <laughs> you, you, great delicatessens down there, mate, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, hey, Adam, the, the boys have arrived back. They had a buy this week, which would have been so much looked forward to, I guess, after a, a tough trip to South Africa. Did they come back and, uh, you know, with the photographs of the Big Five? Did they enjoy the <laughs> South, South African tour? There's really not much to take uh, home with you from Bloemfontein except the photo of a really big hole. <laughs> um, but uh, they did come back with some memories, and that was the, the great gift of Bali Belly. A lot of guys were sick uh, and uh, almost looked white returning from uh, South Africa. It's a, it's a beautiful country, as you sometimes allude to on, the, on air, but uh, if you come back with any presents, uh, uh, any bugs or anything like that, it's, uh, it's a difficult assignment. But, look, it's... Uh, it's an interesting time for the Rebels at the moment because we've we've still got an opportunity to finish third in our conference, and yeah. that's a, it's a pretty good goal for us. And we'll uh, do everything we can to come away with a, a bronze medal. Adam, I was just going to ask you that. What's your uh, take been on the Rebels so far this season? Because uh, they've probably performed a little bit better than what people thought, especially at home. Uh, you got a big match against the Stormers though on on Friday night coming up. Look, uh, Tim, I think the uh, Rebels have had a fair introduction to Super 15. We always get compared to the Western Force and how they've started the competition, but let's be honest, we've had the opportunity to recruit 10 internationals and they didn't. Um, And so, look, I think we were off to our first half of the season, I think, would give us probably a a B-plus if I was back at school, but we've sort of lagged a little bit now and, and now our tactic has changed and we do see that third place as a is a pretty big goal for us. And, uh, look, I think the worst thing we keep saying is we keep looking at next year and, and talking about what's happening with Curly Beal and signings and there's also all sorts of rumours. So, look, I think we'll only get better, mate, but I'll say it was a fair introduction. But the the, the, the sport of uh, rugby in Melbourne's been a real winner. We've really tapped into a new sort of industry here that's, uh, you know, I really didn't realise till I got down here how many people actually love their rugby. So that's that's probably a good sign. And and how many of the rugby fans are enjoying going out on the town with Danny Cipriani at the moment? Uh, is that that's still happening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, he gets, he gets plenty of press down here, uh, old Danny. But, but we'll have to just wait and see with, with him. I think uh, he's 
he's been away from the group. He's trained here in Melbourne for the last three weeks. He's trained really well. Uh, had a bit of a prank on the weekend, which will, uh, which was interesting to say the least. But he'll, uh, he'll, he'll be a, a player that's going to be contracted here till next year. And uh, let's hope to see he uh, changes his ways because he's a good young kid, uh, a good-looking one as well. So he, uh, he's, he's always out in the town. But let's hope he can just start concentrating on footy for the last sort of portion of the competition, these last three games, if he gets a run. Sponsor, sure sponsors car, though. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, that's exactly hey, right, mate. How, how about you? How are you doing? People, mate, you'd be right up there, Berkey. <laughs> how are you doing, mate? How's the, how's the body holding up? You went for the uh, the Rebel Rising the other day, didn't you? You played? No, uh, mate, I played for the for the weeks against Sydney Uni. I played oh, for the Unicorns the week before that, so I got 40 minutes in against a very young and enthusiastic uh, Sydney University outfit. Uh, and uh, now back in Melbourne. Uh, I'm mean, about to uh, hop on the offsiders with uh, with Barry and, and and Gerald Whaley, so it's going to be uh, uh, talking all things sport, mate. So uh, life's good down here in Melbourne. Um, probably one last quick question, uh, mate. What about Sterling Warlock? Is he prepared to play? I know he's got a two or three year contract with the Rebels, uh, mate. Is he looking to stay and actually play next year? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Sterling's committed for for three years, as you just alluded to. I, I think he will make a fantastic coach, and and that's the problem with Sterling. Everyone talks about his coaching prowess, but I don't think he's ready yet. Uh, Tim, I think he'll play next year, and um, he's come back from a really serious back operation, so you'd have to think coming back for one year isn't probably going to satisfy his hunger. So I think Burke, uh, sorry, Sturlow will be around for, for definitely next year, and beyond that, I, I can't really make the call, but uh, he's playing some good footy, mate, and he's really so important for us off the, off the pitch as well, so let's hope he hangs around. As ever, wonderful to talk to you, Adam Fryer. You are a great ambassador for your club and the code, mate. Uh, it'd go well and, today. And so are you, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Channel 7 you for Triple M. She is a sensational bloke. And look, I, I have to admit, thanks to Triple M for, for actually plugging rugby. It's good. And as I said, free to wear, uh, we do battle because we are with Fox and the code and, and that sort of conversation. But it's a great show, and I'm always listening to it on the podcast. So well done, boys. Thank you, Ambassador Fryer. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> You want rugby? Listen to The Rock. Want to witness history? Use your MasterCard at the Rugby World Cup 2011. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. All right, the big game this afternoon at Suncorp Stadium. The Reds v the Crusaders. I was there on Wednesday night for a State of Origin match, and it is, pound for pound, the best footy ground in the world, the Suncorp Stadium. It is the best place to watch it. Players love to play on it. Uh, Timmy, what's the, the, the vibe at the moment in Brisbane for this afternoon's game? Yeah, it's been a pretty good vibe all week, actually. And uh, it's on Friday afternoon, I got a, a text message from the Queensland Rugby Union. 50,000 tickets had been sold at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So um, it's uh, only 2,500 to go. So you'd think there'd be a few walk-ups. It's a pretty uh, pretty fine day here in Brisbane. And, and just the, you know, I think that you'd probably think that 15,000 of those um, supporters will be just there to watch Sonny Bill Williams um, before his big fight next week as well. So he's got a couple of big events coming up. But certainly Suncorp Stadium, as you said, Tony, it's an uh, amazing venue. And mm. and just, just the way that, um, you know, you had the state of origin there, 52,500. On Friday night, they had a double header at Rugby League as well. There was about 30-odd thousand there as well. So they're certainly getting plenty of uh, rugby action here in Brisbane. Yeah, Timmy, I mentioned the other day that when I was there, I was wearing a blue tie, of course. And gee, didn't the Queenslanders uh, give me some interesting <laughs> information about what, what I could do with that tie? Very, very anatomically challenging uh, things they were telling me to do. Did, did the Reds fans go, Queenslander as well? Or is it, you know, that's just in uh, the, the other code? No, know? that's the other code. So mm. uh, I think it's great for, for not only sort of, 
of Queensland rugby, I think for Australian rugby, yep. you know, the Waratahs are going okay now, they're still on the six, but but also importantly that with the Reds sitting on top of the table and they do need to um, perform well because everyone looks at uh, the Reds last season and says, oh, well, how do you beat last season? They started uh, slowly, uh, a big loss against the Waratahs in Sydney. Now they're starting to obviously come home, but, but, but certainly it's ticking the boxes. It's can you win away from home in South Africa? Yes, they beat the Stormers. That, what a game that was. Yes, they can beat a New Zealand side. They beat the Blues a couple of weeks ago. So I think everyone's just waiting for uh, the guys to tick the boxes. But certainly Sonny Bill Williams, mm. Robbie Fuhrman in the centres, yeah. uh, great centre pairing. Then you've got Richie McCaw, Daniel Carter. So it is it is a test match uh, occasion here this afternoon at, at uh, Suncorp. You were going to say Ballymore, weren't you? Oh, I was going to wish it was Ballymore. <laughs> I think Adam Fry might have said yesteryear. They'd be hanging from the rafters. <laughs> uh, I, I, just had to re- I just have to go back on the Queenslander call. I think, you know, when you said before, Tony, Queenslander. Yeah. I think the rugby... The rugby boys pronounce it Queenslander up there. Up there. So that's, that's that's what they get out there. But it's isn't it great to see uh, people jumping on board? And then you know, there's something in the paper today about Quade Cooper and uh, Ewan McKenzie, the coach, has, has said basically, I don't think Quade's rocks or diamonds. Um, he's a risk taker by nature, and, and you can see that in the way he way he plays his game as well. Yeah. You know, and, and if and if they get knocked down, they get up again. They don't really worry about. Saying, well, if that didn't work, I, I won't try, try that again. again. Exactly. Yeah. I'd rather have yeah. a crack again. Yeah. And I think that's what Ewan McKenzie does as a coach. He, he lets the players express their, their own personality on the field. He doesn't try and hold them back and hold the reins back. And it's also interesting to see um, that uh, Sonny Bill Williams, he's got a big fight next mm. Sunday night, I think it is. So he obviously makes more money out of the, 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 in the boxing ring than he does playing in New Zealand or playing for the All Blacks. And, and part of the negotiations for him coming back to New Zealand to play his rugby was that, yes, he could fight a certain mm. amount of fights through the season. Yeah, maybe that was why he was uh, interviewed so beautifully by Anthony Mundine, he and Quade Cooper. His his actual quote was that Quade Cooper, this is from Sonny Bill Williams, uh, had Andrew Johns, the rugby league player, skills and more. And then his next line, you you, uh, you know, you say it much better than I do, Berkey. Um, he said, that could be your headline right there, man. Bro. Bro. I think that, How would you say it? I think that would be your headline there, bro. Hey? <laughs> That's exactly right. He, but he is a big unit too. I, I, he, he was out here last year playing for the Barbarians, I think it was. Uh, yeah. Last year? Yeah, year I think before, it was last yeah. year. Mm. Year before, could have been. Um, and he's just a he's just a big human being. You know? Shoulders wide, tall man, goes down to you know not much in the waist and then these powerful legs. And then apart from that, he's got tattoos all up and down his calf. Imagine how much that would hurt to start yeah. with. You know I mean? yeah. So you just know he's a hard man. You, you were coming across as a bit of a wuss there, I have to say. <laughs> he's got tattoos on his calf. Ow, how stingy ow, would that ow, be? Stingy. Ouch. Ow. <laughs> all right, who wins, who loses, why this afternoon? Come on, put it on the line, boys. Oh, I think it. I think the uh, the Crusaders are favourites actually. So um, you know, the, just the way that they've got a leader in Richie McCaw and Daniel Carter will he'll play good solid field position and, and and he'll make the Queenslanders try and play out of their own half, which they will try and attempt to do. So I think the Reds just, but it's going to be a really big test for them, especially. We're all talking about the back line, but especially up front because the, the Crusaders' forward pack are, are, are a dominant forward pack and the way that what we call in rugby counter-rucking, so when it's not your ball, defensively they're a very strong team. So I think the Queensland, will, they'll be up against it, but uh, you know, I think they'll just get away with it. It'll be a great game. I reckon uh, you know the backs will be the, the backs will throw the ball around, no doubt about it. That, that'll be from both teams. And they play with depth, which is, which is superb because it means you can run the ball. I think, like like you, Timmy, I, I think the forwards are going to be the, the ones that are going to be the, the make or break, but I think the Crusaders side will be able to keep it perhaps a little bit tighter um, if they need to be to rumble up the field and then, and then sort of go. Carter, field goal, he does it all the time. Um, Crusaders by not many. Can't wait. Will be a sensation. Wish I was in Queensland to, uh, to watch that game. You want rugby? Listen to The Rock. Want to witness history? 
Use your MasterCard at the Rugby World Cup 2011. This is The Rock, the Sunday Rugby Show. And we uh, offer a service on this program. We try to let you know where the various franchises are actually from. You might hear the name, I don't know, the Bulls. You know, where the hell are they from? Well, we told you. So we've moved from South Africa into New Zealand. And today, I think we'll go to beautiful... Yeah. Auckland. It's the home of the blues, ladies and gentlemen. Auckland, the city of sales where there are more yachts per capita than any other city in the world. Isn't that a stat? It's outstanding. It is outstanding. Auckland, of course, lies on an isthmus. I just wanted to say isthmus. <laughs> what, what is an isthmus? Well, I was going to ask you that. What's an isthmus? <laughs> an isthmus, uh, well, since you've asked, I'll tell you. It's a narrow strip of land that connects two larger strips of land, usually divided oh, by water. Wow. I'm not so, going there. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going there, Jimmy? <laughs> I'll take you wherever I want to take you, fella. Yes, it lies on an isthmus. Uh, the, the isthmus of Corinth is a very famous isthmus. <laughs> it's a terrific radio word, isn't it? Isthmus. It is <laughs> there are many things to do when you hit uh, Auckland. Rather than just say isthmus, you can use it. You can jump off the bridge, the Auckland Bridge, bungee style. Make your eyes pop out. It's a terrific thing to do. <laughs> you can go to Spookers, ladies and gentlemen, which is the number one haunted attraction in the Southern Hemisphere. It is also Australasia's only haunted attraction scream park. You begin to see, you can begin to see exactly why it is number one in the Southern Hemisphere. There's not a lot of competition. Very, very thin <laughs> on the ground for haunted attraction scream parks in the Southern Hemisphere. But if you want to go to one, Spookers is the place to go. Beautiful, beautiful Auckland and Eden Park, the home of the blues, Timmy. Uh, yeah, great spot, Auckland. It's, uh, I'm not sure if you guys have been there, but Waiheke Island. It's about a little ferry ride, about a 45-minute ferry ride across from Auckland. I'm sure plenty of... Uh, supporters will go there during the World Cup. There's yes. a few little uh, wineries over there. Also, I'd love to get our uh, listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, Berkey, Berkey, you might better tell me, but there's a, uh, a place just on the North Harbour side called Whangarei, um, a, about an hour or so north of, of Auckland. Mm. I'd, like, I'd like our listeners to um, maybe text or tweet in yeah. and uh, let us know how do you actually spell Whangarei. That'd be all right. I've never been there. Can or you c- spell? Mm. Or call one triple three five three one triple three five three. If you Someone's can spell, know how to spell Whangarei. Whangarei. Oh, well, okay, well, that's a very good question. You got a prize? No, you haven't, have you? Timmy signed World Cup oh, jersey, I think he said. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an 85 of those, hasn't he? Exactly right. <laughs> Stashed under his bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but give me the first three letters, Berkey. Oh, I got nothing. PH. PH oh, something. Well, well done. I was hoping you were going to say F, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, he's spelling it phonetically with an F. Yeah, exactly uh, Ber- right. Berkey, Auckland, do you know and love it? Oh, it, it's an interesting place, Auckland. We, there, there was an ice bar there at one stage. I think it was called Minus 5 Degrees, and you had to rug yeah, up yeah, and yeah, do yeah. your stuff. They only sold vodka, and you drink out of a, an ice glass. We, we frequented that once. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of the times we, we went to Auckland, um, you know, it's not all that difficult flight. It's only about three and a bit hours away. Yeah. One of the guys got uh, a little bit sort of tight in the flight, the hamstring. He's one of the bigger boys, that kind of stuff, big yeah, unit. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, and there was no uh, there's no massages scripted for the guys to you know get there in the hotel. And, and so he went for a wander, and he found a um a, a place that for some reason had red lights on the top of it. And he Uh-oh. thought this could be a good place for a massage. Uh-oh. Knocked on the door and he said, um, "Excuse me, do you do massages?" And he said, "But no." Um, he said, "Yes, we do do massages, love." He said, "But no kinky stuff." He said, "That's all we do here." So, <laughs> so he said, "No, that, that's not for me. I just want my hamstrings. I'm a bit tight in the calf as well at the moment." He said, "No, no, thanks very much." Thank you very much, <laughs> Tim Horan. Listeners, is bent double. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot believe that story went where it went. Beautiful Auckland! The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. Use your MasterCard to witness history at the Rugby World Cup 2011. Two 
international players. He's got it! Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Looking for support. And then there's the ring-in Tony Squires. The Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Yes, we're talking Auckland, beautiful Auckland, home of the Blues. And uh, Timmy Horan, you had a question for a place nearby Auckland. What was that question? Well, Whangarei, it's actually, when you look at it... It's, yeah, don't uh, say w- the spelling. I won't, but mm-hmm. uh, it's, it should be Whangarei or something like that. But uh, uh, yeah, Whangarei, I'd like to know uh, our listeners, could they actually spell the word and tell us where it is? Well, a thousand listeners, because you'd, as you'd imagine, our listeners are, are incredibly intelligent. They're listening to this program. Phil from DY is not intelligent, but he was the fastest on the buzzer. G'day, Phil. G'day, how are you? I'm good, buddy. Now, uh, the spelling of this beautiful spot just uh, near Auckland, how would you go? I would go W H A N G A R E I. Wow! And how do you spell Google? That's not what you did, was it, Phil? You didn't Google it. <laughs> I'm still driving the car with a phone in one hand and an apple in the other. So no. <laughs> good boy, good boy. All right, and you're on D Y. D Y is almost on Isthmus. Not <laughs> just trying to tie up no, all it's the. Not a, it's not, it's no. not an Isthmus. Oh, no. listen to you, king of geography. <laughs> hey, Phil's beats theirs. Yeah, yeah, Phil, you are absolutely correct. You get all of Tim oh, Horan's ge- wallaby jerseys. Well done, uh, Phil. Yeah, the conditions apply. All of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah that's right. You want rugby? Listen to The Rock. Want to witness history? Use your MasterCard at the Rugby World Cup 2011. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. New sensation. Who will wear a gold wallaby jersey? Coach, super coach Robbie Deans. He names a 40-man squad, I think, on June 10, but there's a quote today that's saying he's basically telling the three worst-performing super teams, uh, putting them on notice. They've got just that three weeks to prove themselves. So he's preparing a you know, list of names. I'm just wondering from you two boys who have been there, done that. Earlier in the season, we talked about some people who may have impressed you and therefore may also have impressed uh, super coach Deans. What have you got for us now? Three weeks to go. Where are you looking at, Timmy? Are there a few people whose names have put that, who people at the hands up? Well, I think apart from the, the 15 players who probably picked them, you know, sells at the moment, but yeah. you, you look at players like Scott Higginbotham, yep. the Queensland Reds, he's, he's been an outstanding performer so far this year. Um, also, Radiki Samo, he might be a bolter, uh, especially in the 40-man squad. Uh, and Ben Moen, I like the way Ben Moen's been playing for the Waratahs in the back row. I think that he is potentially a, a future leader for the Waratahs, and if I was the Waratahs, I'd be picking him as captain for next year. Yep. And also, it'll be interesting to see the reserve halfback. Obviously, Will Genia will be number nine, but the reserve halfbacks, um, I mean, Phipps from the Rebels has been playing some great rugby. Also, Luke Burge, especially early in the season. But I think, for my liking for the reserve halfback, I'd like to see Matt Giddo. Uh, yep. He's probably going to struggle to make the 15 because the way that James O'Connor's been playing so well at inside centre. So I, I'd like to see that Matt Gitto would he potentially can cover 9, 10 and 12. So we'll just be interested to see who Robbie Deans picks in his 40-man squad in a few weeks' time. Is it easy enough to, to say that Queensland are going to dominate, New South Wales are going to get their share? Then how, do you, how then do you break up the other three mm. provinces, as was stated in the paper by Deans today? I, I reckon it's a case of you're picking and matching the team and it doesn't matter. I say I don't. I don't sort of believe in that that, that comment about you know the team of, of the underperforming franchises. You still got good players in that in that team who, will, when they wear the Wallaby jersey, will, we'll step play, up. will yeah exactly right. Yeah. Will step up. So you know someone like a Cameron Shepherd. Does he get a start? He's he's coming back through injury and the rest of it. Marky Gerard down in Melbourne. He's played Wallabies before. So yeah, also Cooper Vuna. Cooper Vuna. They're, they're players who will, will will get a start and hopefully will as well because you, know, you keep them in the in the broader scheme. You want to be able to keep them ready for. Wallaby stuff. All right. Well, there you go. There is just an indicator of what's going to happen. Uh, very interesting to see in three weeks' time. Uh, very interesting to see this afternoon, just hours away, that great game of footy. Uh, not just people in Queensland, 
I think a lot of Waratahs fans, a lot of Rebels fans, mm. any fan who would love the Reds to get up this afternoon. Timmy, enjoy that game this afternoon. Oh, it'll be a huge game. Uh, and look out for a guy on the wing for the Crusaders, Zach Guilford. I reckon he's probably the, the most exciting player in the Crusaders game. Take away Richie McCaw, Daniel Carter. Zach Guilford on the wing is brilliant, and there'll be close to 50,000 people at Suncourt Stadium. So um, live on Fox Sports at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Mate, yeah. keep your phone on. Can you tweet us on the way through or not? Are you allowed to do that? I, I've just worked out how to tweet that. Yeah, on the way through the game. While, while I'm commentating, I yes. do... Uh, Send a few tweets at Tim Horan twelve. There you go. Numbers. I'll get a few more followers. I'm close to a thousand followers. Nice. I think whatever, whatever that means. At Tim Horan twelve, he's playing jersey. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, go stuff, those guys. Reds this afternoon. Enjoy your rugby. We'll catch up next Sunday. Bye.